girl. Ooh, you know what's up. Eventually, I was able to speak Spanish and English fluently, which led to the discovery of both Spanish and English, Spanglish. of In Living Spanglish and joining me, of course, is the one, the only, the master of hot sauce, but don't let, don't let him catch you putting it in your ice cream, folks. It's Ricardo Mexicano. Say what's up. That's pretty disgusting. You know, I can't, I I can't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine Valentina Tapatillo Chalua in your, in your uh, ice cream. Now, if it was specially made, you know how like chamoy is like spicy, you know how like there's that stuff, Mexican But like chamoy is like a miraculous concoction of like sweet and spicy and tangy it is. like it's and not just pure spice it's not just pure heat and that's my point like if it's like specifically made for your ice cream and it's spicy and it's sweet and all that i'm cool with that but chamoy would only go good on ice cream if it was like sherbet or something you know you can't like have you ever had chamoy with like vanilla or chamoy with no. like german it has, chocolate it has, to, it has to be fruity see well that's exactly what i'm saying yeah but okay all right so we're getting so uh, we already know, like, you and I have a re- video idea for something coming up that you refuse to participate in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to so, do it anyway. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> but anyway, so um, did you say hi? I didn't think you said hi. Oh, yeah, Ricardo Mexicano. You already know what it is. Mexican Natsu, man. Uh, Mr. Steal Your Girl. Mr. Don't Give Your Girl Back. Uh, baby R, our baby, all that. All right, all right. And, oh, uh, and on top of all of that, uh, we're going to hit you right now with the Latinx birthday. So uh, September 23rd, we had two icons of the uh, Latinx community, if you will. We had one. Let me double check here. Yeah, we had one, Julio Iglesias, uh, doesn't need an introduction. And this one doesn't also need an introduction, but we're going to give it to her anyway. September 23rd, happy, happy birthday to my mommy, a beautiful, vivacious, vibrant 45 so shouts out to her i hope you had a good birthday mommy you already know i called you and all of that so you know i checked off the good daughter box uh so yeah happy birthday to those two yeah man shout out to julio glasses man doing big things since 99 i believe uh coming out of spain the guy who did the song rico suave mm-hmm. he's the one that actually signed julio Iglesias. i didn't know that yeah he signed him and then of course shout out to veronica's mom man you know best wishes you know still very young um, that's what everybody kept saying every time i would talk about her this week they'd be like oh my god and i would say how old she was that other week oh my gosh she's a baby and i'm like well yeah you know she had me when she was a youngin herself so yeah know, i guess youngins she, having I, youngins. she's like in that threshold where it's like she's now in the category of like 40 to 100 mm-hmm. so like 40 is now like two years old for people who are like 80 and 70 but no, pero de veras, I mean, that just goes, like, you've seen that, like, meme or that post shopping around on Facebook and stuff uh, where the, I guess, the moms that have their kids, like, super early when they're teenagers or 17 or 16, um, 
they say, yeah, you guys are laughing at me now for, you know, being pregnant at 16, but I'm going to be, you know, sipping my ties by, uh, you know, Puerto Vallarta while you guys are over there, like, cradling babies on your hips when you're 50, you know? Yeah. So, I guess, I guess my mom has uh, some good years ahead of her. I mean, I don't know. It, it depends because I think the, the part where you, you kind of, like, didn't have to worry about kids mm-hmm. so early on. So now you decide to have kids at forty, and what do people always tell you? Don't have kids super young, right? So yeah. it's kind of like, it's kind of like a lose lose like situation. Like people, I don't know, but you know what? But you know what? I keep thinking about in regards to that. I feel like sometimes they do have a point because think about it. Like, when would you rather enjoy your solitude and like being by yourself more? When you are young and broke and you don't know what the hell you're doing, or when you're like like nearing 50 like 40 something like already have you know some sort of like steady flow in the bank account already are are on some sort of path you know already kind of feel responsible and somewhat together you know in some cases and you have all of your birds out of the nest you know so i I think there's an argument to be said for that i see their point but shit like i could not imagine having kids right now how do we get onto this conversation your mom yeah that's true that's your happy birthday mommy all right we gonna move on to the uh the first order of business. Yes, yes. Okay, so what we're going to go ahead and jump into now, human beings, is we are going to hit you with the one, the only Chico the Engineer interview. We were lucky enough to go ahead and be able to grab him uh, for a special inclusive, in- uh, special inclusive, inclusive, exclusive, mm, exclusive. In- yeah, yeah, exclusive interview here on the A Living Spain English podcast. Uh, he is, what is the name of his studio again? Um, uh, music and focus music and focus studio here in fort worth texas so he has had the likes of uh baby bash xb valentine smooth vega and several snow other products yes yeah, know the product Paul also Wall. big big names uh go through his music studio and he has a crazy story to top it off so uh go ahead and enjoy the interview so we have uh somebody a uh, very special uh, he has his own uh, creative, would you call it like a creative studio? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Creative yeah. slash family and slash. Yeah, just, ev- just all around creative uh, person. Um, his uh, studio is uh, Music and Focus. It's uh, yes. Jose, Chico, Santiago. Do you prefer Chico? Uh, yeah, I prefer Chico. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Um, hey. So if that, before going into like your... Your actual, like, you know, your your prof- your professional career and, like, what you do on a daily basis, you kind of want to give, like, a little bit of, like, uh, whoa, hold on. Before you even do that, you want to, like, introduce, our, I'm Ricardo, you know, Eyeless in Living Spanglish Podcast. This is Veronica. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably should have done that before. Yeah, we should have done a little bit before, yeah. but. Start again if you want to. No, 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 it's fine, though. No, we'll keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ricardo, Veronica, Vero. Yeah, 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 we're all acquainted everything. But I just want to, like, uh, just kind of get into your little brief history of, like, kind of, like, where you are in your space now. Like, you know, cause we, we, we were kind of, like, you know, doing a little bit of research. We saw that, you know, originally uh, you kind of started, like, this whole journey back in, like, 2004, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. You, you want to speak on so, that? So, yes. Um, so, you know, my name is Jose Santiago, but they call me Chico the Engineer. So, I, you know, like everybody, just started from... Way back 2004, I 
went to school for it. You know, I found, first, first I found my passion. You know, I didn't know what to do. So like, I always grew up on the hip hop and all that stuff. And then after that, you know, I, uh, you know, I found myself. I'll start like making beats for people. You know, people was rapping. I had all my friends at school that were just rapping, and I started making beats and recording them. And into one day, I was like, you know what? I just gonna take it serious. And I started love, falling in love with it, in love with it, and then I haven't stopped since since two thousand. Let's say two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah, cause I think you said I you... kind of like found myself and we're like, you know what? Let's do this. <laughs> Let's yeah, do cause, yeah, cause I think in your article that I read that you had with Fort Worth Weekly, um, I think you said you went to audio engineering school in two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. In two thousand eight, I went to uh, it's called Media Tech Institute in Dallas. Okay. And then from there. It was like a two-year thing, but I wish I wouldn't go there because nowadays with everything on YouTube, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what I was about to say is how much of the information that you got from that school that you probably had to pay like a good couple thousand for yeah. is completely outdated now with YouTube and, and everything. Then, yeah. Yeah, I was like, man, I wish they had YouTube just like they, they have it now, so... But that is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, also, sometimes when you go to school for something, and a lot of people won't admit to this, is that, is that if you don't have... Sometimes you have to spend the money to, like, put that extra motivation in order to, like, really stick to it, you know? Because, I mean, you can learn anything through YouTube, but that and that means that we should all be savants and know how to do, you know, play the violin and, you know, how to computerize, like, you know, all different stuff, but we don't, you know? So it's good that you went to school for it because, you know that's like an extra motivation to complete it oh yeah for sure people like people look at you different whenever you say hey i went to school mm-hmm. i had diploma okay they take it more serious than just like you know just being years yeah but uh initially i think when you first because you're originally from puerto rico right yes okay yes, so when you moved i think uh you moved here when you were 16 right with your uncle yeah yeah i moved on when i was 16 here i didn't know no english so i was ESL class, you know, say out of hand. Shout out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to all the people. <laughs> so what was the, uh, wh- why did you originally move? Like, what was the reason? Uh, so we didn't, we needed to change. It was kind of like, you know, we're kind of struggling in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, my mom was like, hey, you want to move? I was like, I'm 16. I don't have no say so. So it's like, <laughs> I want to. It's like, dale. Yeah. 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 And I, I just find that so interesting because you think about, you know, um, immig- uh, like immigrant children that move over here with, you know, their parents or their uncles. And they're usually pretty young, you know, like eight or 10 or something like that. And you were 16. So and because you didn't know any English, I'm curious to know, like, how did what kind of music did you first fall in love with when you first moved into the States that how how did you fall in love with music in general if you couldn't understand what they were saying, you know? Yeah, so in Puerto Rico, I always like, I was like reggaeton. Mm-hmm. They listen a lot of like rap mm-hmm. you know, United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you always like, I was being in that culture, in the urban, urban culture mm-hmm. all yeah. the time. So moving down here, you know, so I didn't know no English and then like, my, you know, I just keep with my urban stuff, you know, say with the reggaeton and mm-hmm. all of that. And then, you know, my my friends from school, you know, there were some black black friends, mm-hmm. I had some Mexican, they were kind of urban. Yeah. But I always stick to the, the urban. That's That was like me. Right. Yeah, yeah. So 
maybe if you didn't understand the language, the style and the soul of it translated. Yeah, yeah, trans- yeah. translated, and yeah. then, and then like, and then it's crazy because like that helped me out big too because, oh, because the slang, yeah, the, slang of the music. I was like, what you say on this and what what they saying, and I used to like put the like the little captions and you know yeah. what I'm saying, <laughs> read the lyrics, guide the books, and just just. Just reading, just reading and asking my friends and my friend that would teach him, hey, you should say, what's up, fool? Or you should say like this, this and that. I'm like, okay, like, you know what I'm saying? So, but then so- I my, and then I have my other friends, you know, my, let's say my, my Mexican friends and they show me, hey, que onda? Mm-hmm. And all of that. So I'm like, you know what I'm saying? And you got all of it. Language, yeah, yeah. You know, like in my life, hey, what's, what's up, Bobby? What's this, this? So it's like <laughs> a little bit of all of them. So, so was that like, uh, was your initial interest, like when you like were listening to hip hop back in Puerto Rico, was it more, um, like East Coast, like before yeah, coming? Yeah, they're more, yeah, they're more East Coast. So, yeah. You know, if you ask, ¿Dónde están todos los de Puerto Rico? They're yeah. like, Nueva York, Orlando. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty yeah. people here in Texas. That so. sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So was it kind of different when you got to Texas and you realized like, oh, there's hip hop here, but it's a lot different. Yeah, it's that Houston oh, yeah, 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 sound. Sure. It's a different yeah, yeah, sound. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, but but it was cool because it just opened my mind. Like, oh man, it's just way different, and you know, we can stand out, and it don't matter. I still love, you know, say I still love the, the yeah, so. yeah. Because I've met I've met a lot of, uh, like Puerto Rican people from like like the East Coast, and then they'll like listen to like something from Texas, Louisiana, and then they'll like they'll fall in love with it. They're like, oh man, I love you know. The chopped and screwed style. I love the the Swisher House stuff. I love all that, and they kind of like take it back and like kind of like. I mean, you kind of saw that with like ASAP Rocky and like a lot of like newer yeah, yeah. artists yeah. that kind of took the style from down here and like made it kind of like their own thing. So, because I feel like the the the, the hip hop hip hop of the East Coast is you know it's like you had to like have a lot of knowledge and you know mm-hmm. speak words and be on the <laughs> bars and all of that, and the South made it more you know more a little. I say real, but like you know, what I'm saying more, more like melodic. Yeah, melodic, yeah. melodic. Slow it down. Slow it down. Yeah, yeah. More of the word, so it's it's a good combination. It's very Not different. Yeah. Stuff, it's, I, I like both. I like both. I really like both. Speaking of that, though, like I think in the so I think you initially said you were like really wanted to become like a rapper at first, right? Uh, not a rapper, but I was a beat maker. I was a beat maker. Okay, so you went into production a little bit more yeah, first. Yeah, okay. I was a beat maker. Okay. I was a beat maker, and then from there, like, the thing with the engineer, everybody want to be an artist, everyone want to make, mm. make beats, but nobody want to sit down and record. Nobody mm-hmm. has the patience yeah. of that. Everybody want to be in front of the camera, everybody. So I was like, you know what? That's just me. I just like to stay behind. And just help people, help with the sound, and then I just find myself. And then once, once like I fix some songs, and I see the reaction on people, and they were all happy and all of that, I was like, oh, that's what yeah. I like to do. Do you think that there's definitely like a personality difference or a different personality style between someone who aspires to be a rapper or even nowadays aspires to be a producer versus someone who wants to be an engineer? Do you feel like it takes more patience? You have to be more laid back, that sort of thing. Oh yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Because a lot of these, you know, a lot of the, there's a lot of engineers they rap too and stuff like that. But I think engineers is more like on the just like I say, just patience, know how to work, know how to deal with artists. Because mm-hmm. when you work with artists, 
it's a whole different like yeah. uh, you're like the therapist of the studio yeah, yeah there we go there we go so, like, everybody <laughs> All the artists come through here and they're telling me the problems and and all of that. So you had to like go through that. Okay, we're going to do this song. We got to express yourself, this and this and that. But, you know, that's why you got to have a lot of patience. And... Yeah, vale, vale. So hmm. I, have, I have a question for you. Okay, so for someone that knows nothing, next to nothing about engineering, a total noob, right? So how would you describe what it is that mixing and mastering is if you had to break it down in layman's terms? Okay. The mixing is kind of like a... When, let's see, let's see. Um, come on. It's kind of like like for the girls, like put makeup on. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. You're natural. You're putting makeup on, makeup on. And then the mastering is like, Whenever you're ready to put the perfume, psh, psh, psh. Ah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm out to be out there. You know what I'm saying? But the, yeah. the hardest part is to put in the makeup on. Mm, okay. That's the way I see it. Because how long it takes to put your makeup on? You're married, aren't you? Yeah, I'm the, married. The, the, <laughs> that's what I can tell. That's why he went for that analogy. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so funny. Because I think, because I've done like my fair share of research when it comes to like mixing. Because I've always thought it was so interesting just how like something that's so important in the music making process doesn't really get talked about a lot, right? You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't really get a lot of shine. Um, so, like, where do, how do you feel about the space now? Like, for a while, like, producers have been able to, like, kind of establish themselves and, like, been, like, out in the camera, you know, be more uh, visible when it comes to, like, being, like, a well-known name. Like, you know, you hear Just Blaze, you hear, like, you know, uh, Swiss Beast, which I saw with, like, one of your favorite producers. Uh, like, the, yeah, these people have, like, made, like, their name you know, like even with newer people like Metro Boom and Zaytoven, like they're, they're like they're known people. But with mixing, you know, there's a few names, you know, specifically in hip hop that kind of get talked about. But it's about the same ones. Like you hear about the Mike Deans. You hear yeah, about yeah. Um, uh, I know DJ Quick. He was a big one when it came to like All Eyes on Me for Tupac. He was like a, I know he engineered most of that. Uh, uh, Ali for Kendrick Lamar and TDE. Uh, uh, who I think now I think now now we. Thanks to the to the social media, you know what I'm saying? We'll be able to now, you know, post it and, you know, and be more out front. Yeah. So a lot of these big engineers, that's like the platform now. And, you know what I'm saying? Now we just got to show our stuff and yeah. trying to get more credit. You know what I'm saying? But Yeah. I, I think it's dope that uh, a lot of these, like, big artists, rappers, like, really champion their, their engineers. You know, you'll hear them, like, you'll hear them in interviews talk about, like, oh, I'm like, I'm nothing without my engineer. Like, if I'm in the studio, if I'm, if I'm recording, all I need is an engineer, and that's it. I don't want nobody else in the studio, you know? Yeah, even the artists now, they prefer, they prefer like, the engineer more than producers. Because producers, you can send the beat. You yeah. can produce, make a beat, send it to the to the artist, and then the artist just, it'll be just me and him. Hmm. Just work. So, no. like, the relationship that you build with the, with the artist is, like, it's, like, real special. Now, are, are you doing... Like, are you kind of like all in house? Are you like record? Are you the recording engineer? Are you the mixing engineer and mastering? Uh, yeah, most of the time, and not a, I got a lot of clientele. Okay, just mix and master, you know, okay. and and a lot of like O three or just mastering. It just depends. It so depends the depends the artist. And nowadays, a lot of people have their own setup at home. A lot of people they record everywhere and then just send send me the songs and I'll try to try my best to make it sound 
you know, sound sound better. Yeah. Sound better. So good, you've had your uh, studio music in focus for a long time right now, right? Since like 2010? Yeah, 2010. Like yeah. Yeah. So from what I've been reading, a lot of prominent people have gone through there. Snow the Product, Paul Wall, Baby Bash. Um, and I guess like my question is, is there a signature way of mixing and mastering that is distinctive to the person you know the way that pr- people look at producers and there's a distinctive way that they do their beats like kanye did with like chipmunk soul and boom bap that sort of thing like can you tell oh i can definitely tell uh so and so worked on this uh uh worked as the engineer on this project it's kind of hard it's yeah. kind of hard i think our sound or our signature is the relationship with the artist mm-hmm. and how comfortable they are um and like I say, just everybody's different. You know, you got one artist that likes the music, the vocals real high and the beat low. And you got another one that's backwards. They like the beat real high, real low. But right. it's just more about just the relationship that, you know, take their idea to the next level. Because that's what I'm trying to do, trying to take their idea to the next level. I'm not trying to change it. If I, you know, if I had to change it, I'll change it. But I try their their idea, their todo lo que vengan con sus cosas. Do you ever, uh, like, do you ever, like, just drive around your car and, like, hear, like, a song come on the radio, or maybe just, you know, on your, on your, on your streaming, like, Spotify, whatever, and you hear it and you're like, oh, man, this was kind of mixed bad. I could have done a better job. Like, did that oh, ever come? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I heard that all the time. Yeah, that, <laughs> like that, don't drop like, any names. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, bleep it out. It's okay. I have a bunch of stuff, but probably they, probably la gente will do the same thing to one of my songs, too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and I think it really goes to show, like, once again, the importance of an engineer because, like, I think there's that there's time where I've listened to, like, songs, especially, like, back in the day, like, on mixtapes, where, like, you could tell that the, the, it probably wasn't mixed properly all the way but it still sounds good because it's just a good song but then you hear like like a kendrick you hear like a uh, a rihanna you know an adele and you're like oh man this is how music should, should sound you know oh yeah yeah. yeah yeah i think like once like just for the, every artist that out there they're doing it once you like put your first song or like i always tell all this to the artist siempre once you put your first song out there mm-hmm. you're competing against everybody if they're in the same string form as you, they're so like they're your competition too. <laughs> so yeah. you know what I'm saying? So you had to you had to step up. You had to like get better and then you had to get better sound, sound quality. If you si quieres competir with the big artist. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? You might have a hot song, but everybody's putting budget behind it. So either you know, you can take a chance or you had to like you had to like we had everybody had to step up. It's, it's like it's part of you know, part of the game, mm-hmm. part of the music business. You know, behind music production and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Like you know, just like starting with a little producer and then get a bigger producer or another feature or alguien grande. So you know, it's it's part of the game. It's part of the game. Hmm. Yeah. And so, con tu uh, music studio, music and focus. How did that come about? How did you go from, you know, um, going to school to wanting to do this? You went to school first before you started your studio, see? Uh, 
No, yo empecé, yo empecé with a little group. Uh-huh. And then from there, like once, like I was making beats and recording. But once like I found myself, que dije, no, like this is what I want to do. I was like, okay, I had to step up to another level. And I was like, okay, let me let me go to school. Let me take it more professional and, and just go from there. So I had like, my, I made that decision once I found, you know, I found what I like. And being a studio focused here in Fort Worth, do you find yourself wanting to give back to the more local artists? Do local artists approach you a lot saying, hey, you know, this is the guy to go to if I want my music to sound really good? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, I was trying to help the local, you know, I was trying to help the local. Like, I'm not a guy of like about budget and money because... Todos pasamos por the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. I started from the from the little room in my apartment, the garage, you know. Saying now, 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 thank God, gracias a Dios, tengo un estudio. Pero todo empezamos de abajo. So mm-hmm. like, cuando me vienen unos locos artists, hey, I'm trying to help them out. Either see, either if it's recording or si no con ayudándolos or whatever, whatever I can do just to help them out because yo pasé por eso también. And it, especialmente like Latinos, I try to help them a lot too sí, because especialmente, sí. I feel like the urban side, you know, es para los negritos, so you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we're, we're getting up, up in there, poco a poco. So I'm just trying to help, you know, whoever whoever wants to really work, I help them. Yeah. Have you noticed a big shift in the uh, Latino artists that come to you or that just are coming up in general in Fort Worth when it comes to the music scene? I think everybody got their own lane. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I think like Latino artists got their own lane. Um, you know, I think everybody got their own lane. We just gotta like push harder. Really, just push, push harder and then like better quality. Mm. So we can make some noise and compete. Because really, we just competing. Yeah. Do you ever um, like I said, like like I said, kind of like earlier when it came to like producing being like a really cool thing now that a lot of people want to do. Uh, do you like try to like encourage like let's say like younger people, people who are, like maybe still looking to like maybe want to get into music but they don't know how? Maybe they just think that oh, being a rapper, being a producer is the only way to get into music. Uh, do you ever speak to like folks that are a lot younger and let them know like hey, you can also do this. You know this this can like also get you a space in with these big artists and like you really have a name for yourself and still have a a well career along the line. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, most, man, all the time, all the time, you know, every time like, I record somebody new or every time, like, que necesitan ayuda, que they ask me, I, like, I tell them, I tell them what I know. Yeah. I tell them what I know. If they don't, si no lo hacen, that's their, <laughs> that's, that's their, you know saying, their problem. But, you know, I don't, I always been a guy, like, I like to share my, share my, you know, whatever I have, you know, just share it, you know what I'm saying? I share it to mm-hmm. the young people, to the people that, you know, they need. They're lost in the game, you know. I share what I, whatever I can, and that that's me. That's just me, you know. That's good. You got anything else, Vero? Um, let's see. Here. Hey, it's es que Independencia de México, no? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Sí, sí, sí. I forgot to mention yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy Dia de, de la de la raza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is Puerto Rico was that yesterday? Puerto Rico was that yesterday? No. No, 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 no. Puerto Rico de they only have a just a regular el día de que descubrió Cristóbal Colón just just there. Oh, <laughs> oh eso, eso los que no traen su propio día de, de independencia. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. 
Oh, okay. ah, pues, sí, porque no, es el territorio. Es el territorio. Ya, ya. Okay. Under the shackles of America todavía. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, pues, uh, I guess, oh, otro, otra pregunta, like, you said you came over here with your uncle, right? So, how was it, like, leaving your mom and your dad and your immediate family behind? And just, like I said, I, I have family that came over here when they were four years old, you know, or when they were adults. It feels like it's either always like one or the other. They're really young or they're already in their adulthood. How was it like being a teenager and not just changing schools, but like changing entire countries? Yeah, no. So I came with my mom. It was just me and my mom. Uh. But we went straight to my uncle's house. And I can say it's like totalmente diferente. It's yeah. like, it's like. Like, wake up. Like, 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 you, the whole... Siempre me acuerdo, like, el primer día que fue a la escuela, I went to Halton High School. I was a junior. So, siempre me acuerdo que entré. Like, no, mi mamá me dejó the first day. Boom, she just dropped me off. And it's like, like, I felt like somebody, like, slammed me in the face. Hey, like, wake up. Like, like, this is a whole totally, like... Whole different world. Yeah. Oh, so, like, entro a la escuela and I see all these, like, people, like, big people... <laughs> fuerte, like, que si son football players, y que si chile, de all kind of stuff, I was like, wow, like, la escuela, like, super grande, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's crazy, like, en Puerto Rico, tú tienes que usar el uniforme. Mm -hmm. Aquí, like, I was like, I didn't know that. <laughs> they so were, you like, had to you actually know, get style like, and stuff. See, yeah. yeah. See. Like, Man, I need to get a job. I comprar ropa para the whole, you know what I'm saying, the whole. Yeah, yeah. yeah look, look fresh for the yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool and everybody i was like oh man this is a whole like the whole different the whole different way but i like it i like it it was just it was, it was different entonces si recuerdas um and then do you remember what was the first album or one of the first albums that you can remember listening to and falling in love with while you were here in the states so my grupo favorito it was the cash money when oh, i got here <laughs> But I got here like the cash money, so like I was like, I see, I'm always at a juvenile and little mm -hmm. Wayne. That was like, yeah. oh, that was like my my. That was it, it, because it was, it was it was 2000, so tenía la la canción like back there, so you yeah. know. Yeah, so it was like, <laughs> like so that was uh the Carter, so like go DJ and stuff like that, right? Yeah, go DJ, yeah. juvenile, yeah. So that was like my 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 go to, you know what I'm saying? So. Y entonces, ¿a cuál edad? And then, at what age do you remember actually um, going from just enjoying the music to noticing when it sounded good, when the levels were right, when the EQ was a certain way, all of that? I think once, once like, once I start working, so once, like, once I start getting my clientele, just coming back and coming back and somebody referring to this and somebody referring to this I can say like oh wow like this is like it's working something something is is working <laughs> and then we hit it on the radio too oh I hear my son on the radio oh that's that's badass you know what I'm saying and then, and then I see these other artists that I'm working just like they're doing better and stuff like that so I used to be like I used to record Snow the Product. I don't know if she's saying Snow the yeah, Product. Yeah, 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 yeah. When she was down here, I was her engineer. So, you know, that that to me, oh, man, like, I'm working with her, and you know what I'm saying? And people, and then from there, just more other people that's like, coming, coming, and just 
just refer me hablando and that's how I lost my age. It's just working. I just gotta yeah. keep going. It starts to snowball. So did you know? Did you know Snow when I know she's like independent now, but did you know her before she got signed to Atlantic back yeah, in the day? Yeah, right. Yeah, right before. So I worked with her when she moved down here. So all the way after like, uh, she got signed. Mm-hmm. Once she got signed and all of that, then say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we 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 real cool. We're oh real yeah, cool. no yeah yeah no. She's a amazing artist. Like yeah, it's crazy just Absolutely. how her career's kind of gone. You know she's had her ups and downs, but you know it's yeah. good to see that she's still shining. She has like a big fan base. Yeah, she's doing really good. I'm proud of proud of her. She her work ethic. Oh man, it's, yeah. it's like she she works. She's so you have her. to. So, um, this this will probably be my last question, and I'm pretty sure you have another one after this. But, um, I know you said that you wish you could have had like what is available nowadays when it comes to like learning, like how to like mix and engineer on YouTube. But oh, yeah. but do you still think it's like important for like people who inspire to be? engineers audio engineers to like kind of have like that fundamental like kind of like the basics down oh yeah 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 for sure for yeah. sure like you know what i'm saying maybe youtube i think i think learning on youtube is cool for like you know if you're kind of lost you just go there but like you still need to be in the studio you still need you know be next to somebody because those vibes and those you know it's better just be next to you know next yeah. to doing will get you a lot further than just you know sitting in front of the screen and trying to learn it in front of the screen yeah mm-hmm yeah. Uh, what do you um what are you normally working in what what doll are you like pro tools or? Uh, pro tools yeah i'm yeah. a pro tools guy i grew up in pro tools pro guy. Tool. okay so you kind of yeah. got that down packed yeah yeah, no, yeah. Mess. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay yeah and uh dijiste que um that you like to give muchos consejos or you know uh to a young artist that'll come through and you know that'll listen and that will ask for your advice so if you had to give a piece of advice uh to a young up and coming like latino artist out there you know who just walks into your studio and says hey you know like i want uh, I want to work with you. I have the drive. I have. Uh, I think I have the skills. What would you? What would you tell them as far as, as far as what the next steps are? I say lo primero es like um, it's gonna be a lot of sacrifice. Mm. A lot of a lot of sacrifice. Mm. Y mucha gente te va a decir que no. Mm. And as a Latino, if you're in the rap game in, in, in English, especialmente way hard. <laughs> It's way harder. Yeah. Um, si estás haciendo español, it's still a little hard, you know, a little bit less harder. But, but now it's just like, you just got to go hard, you know, just go hard and it's just your work ethic. It's your work ethic. You know, if you got kids, you got girlfriend, you got this, it's like you have to make a balance. You, and then you got to stick stick with it and believe in yourself. Um, and Stay out of trouble for sure. Yeah. <laughs> stay out of trouble for sure. <laughs> Just, just you know, just, just being paid. Uh, come on, eh, lo que tengas en la mente, just keep going, like just keep going on, and, and and but it's gonna be a lot of sacrifice, just a lot. Yeah, no doubt. All right, you yeah. got anything else? Uh, no. No. All right, man. Well, Chico, man, I appreciate it. It was a pleasure having you on. Um. This was great. Um, do you have anything else you want to say? No, say thank, hey, thank you for having me. This is my first podcast interview. Gracias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gracias, Andalin. Oh, uh, where can they find you? Uh, 
where can people will... find you? Uh, y'all can find me. So for the studio is musicinfocusstudio.com. And then if you want to go more, more personal, y'all can hit up Chico the Engineer and on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I don't post much, but yeah, <laughs> it just, yeah. I just, I just post. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good, man. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Once, yeah. Once again, man, thank you for everything. That was an honor. Uh, super different. Like I said, this is the kind of stuff we're looking for. So, you know, I'm glad you took the time out of your, uh, your evening to come talk with us, man. So yeah. Um, you know, wish you the best. Uh, and yeah, uh, thank you for everything. Thank you guys. And hey, thank you for y'all keep rep uh, representando los Latinos. And thank you. Yeah. Sí, sí. Peace. And we're back. We hope that you enjoyed that interview with Chico the Engineer. Thank you again for coming on, Chico. Uh, all right. Uh, what's the news, Ricardo? You had a topic for me today? Yeah. So I feel like sometimes, and this kind of goes back to like the very mindset of like coming, being children of like immigrant parents is like kind of like almost taking for granted um, what you know mm -hmm. in a way. And by what you know, I mean more so like influence of like what makes you you in the way of like, yes, of course, art and culture has been around for a very, very long time. But we think about where our parents came from. Majority of them came from poverty, if not extreme poverty. And when you come from a situation like that, it's very hard to think of anything that you would want to do that doesn't bring food to the table, right? So it's like, you may be interested in, and mo and even then, most people only think about sports, right? When you're coming from countries like that, the only way you see out of doing something that's like viable and financially stable is to become a very, very good soccer player uh, most of the time, you know, because that's the dominant sport down there. But even then, that's like a very, 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 very slim Yeah, margin. I would know most people like geared towards be a doctor, be an engineer, be a nurse, that sort of thing. Right. But of course, stuff like that costs money. And we know how expensive it is to go to school, including Latin America. So even though you may be wanting to do these, these extravagant, maybe not so much extravagant, just these, these dreams, these goals, because you probably were never exposed to certain art, to certain uh, people, because all your focus was on, I don't have a dad. I maybe don't have a mom. I probably don't, I, maybe you don't have either parent. I live with my aunt. I live with my uncle. And I have to provide food. Yeah, for you with your grandmother. You, I have to provide food. And that's all I could think about, working. I have to get up six in the morning, even though I'm seven, to go work in the field. Mm -hmm. uh, and with us, we, you know, we, you know, we have our own struggles, of course, but we have the privilege of the, of the influence, you know, especially with the internet age, you know, being able to sit down and research, look up artists, look up uh, how somebody... Uh, created like a company stuff mm -hmm. like that so i don't know i think it's a very interesting concept what do you think i don't know i think that i think that people talk a lot about like white privilege and uh white privilege is a very much real and dominant thing but something that um most folks are sometimes afraid to talk about is privilege within our own communities you know because there is varying degrees of that because you can grow up you know 
you know, brown and middle class, or even like you said, something as something as literally fundamental as brown in a uh, more third world country and brown in America, like that in and of itself, like literally where you were born, something that you have no control over automatically lends you that privilege, even though you guys are of the same race. Or nationality. Mm. I, I don't know. I know that you get hung up on these words, Mexicano. So I don't I don't I, wanna I would say I'm walking like, on eggshells every time I talk about this kind of stuff when it comes to you. How about elk? The same like elk. Oh my gosh, what the hell does that mean? I don't know. I just heard people say that before. So okay, all right. Well you can you come from the same cloth, the same loin. Sure. You know? Sure. Race, nationality, elk coin, it's, whatever it's you want to call it's a, it. It's a conglomerate of all, all that. All right, all right. Yeah. So I mean yeah, no, so I, I get what you're saying as far as that goes, because we, we all have varying degrees of privilege. In fact, like, I actually I actually joke around with uh, a couple of friends of mine a lot because my mom, um, she basically, she was a single mom, so she had to, like, raise the both of us, like, all by herself and stuff. And uh, because she worked so much, she didn't really... When it came to cooking, literally, I tell you this all the time. I grew up on ground meat and tortillas. Mm -hmm. Like, that is literally the only variation of food. And every once in a while, she would stick the ground meat together uh, with an egg and, like, make us hamburger patties. But basically, that was it. Ground meat, tortillas. That was our source of carbs and protein, and that was it. Um, But I know other friends that even though they were probably lower on the, like, socioeconomic standards, you know, they didn't have quite as much money as my mom did later on um their mom can cook like crazy bruh she she's she throws down in the kitchen insanely like even now to this day like i will still try to find some sort of excuse to like conveniently visit them during thanksgiving era so mm-hmm. i can so- have some of her dr pepper turkey or whatever it was called yeah, yeah. so and, and i tell them all the time it's like they they have that privilege they have they have good cooking privilege because they look at they look at food is like oh i can make that it's not that big of a deal i don't have to go to this restaurant i can have that wherever and i'm like yeah because you because you grew up with that food so but me i get super hyped and super excited about any sort of food uh, any sort of food that's like um deemed fancier than ground beef because i didn't have that growing up you know right uh, and I think I actually think that's part of what makes me such a big foodie is like that background. And I know that's like a super silly, minute, like privilege in like a playful, funny way. But it's just like a small example of what we're trying to talk about in a larger no, scale. No, it makes sense because it's it's exposure at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like you were finally exposed to things that were not so much lacking, but like that you just never had a chance to experience. So now that yeah. you see it, you're taking full advantage of it. And there are certain vegetables I had never even heard of until I was like 19 years old and out of my mom's house. You still don't know what a rutabaga is. I, well, I mean, who the hell knows what a rutabaga it's is? It's like a beet. It's like a cousin of a beet. Okay, well, yeah. the more you know. It's something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, no, like, just think about, like, like I said, music and stuff like that was out there. But, like, where was the access, you know? Like, like imagine if your grandfather knew what a Van Gogh painting was, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, to, like, really appreciate it. You know, yeah. to look at a Dolly painting, to listen to the a power uh, of influence. Yeah, yeah, to like really analyze, you know, a muddy a muddy waters riff. I mean, and even something smaller than that, like, uh, I mean, if your parents spent or grandparents spent the whole time working, then and like they were below a, a certain socioeconomic level, they may have never even had a radio. 
Yeah. You know? And so you think about that and you think about like your grandfather could have been like a really like fucking fantastic basis. But he would have never known because he would have never gotten inspired because he would have never have heard like that one song or whatever like that, you know, and that's that's I think that is something that isn't really talked about a lot is like the power of influence when it comes to that kind of thing, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Like my mom always said that when she grew up, she had one little black and white TV and all she would watch was either Chavo de Ocho or Cantinfla movies. That Cantinfla. was it. When it was when it came to is that the Chespirito thing? What's Cantinfla? Cantinfla is uh oh god why can't I not remember his name right now? Super famous, the one with the super small mustache. He played like he was like pretty much like the yes, Charlie, Cha- Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin of Mexico. I've always considered Chespirito to be the Charlie Chaplin of Mexico. No, like Cha- uh uh Cantinflas, that is. I I don't I don't know who Cantinfla is. Okay, all right. Look, well, look at the you image. Know. Like yeah. right now, when you have the chance, look it up. Like yeah, it's uh Let's see. he is. Uh, probably when it comes to like the golden age, I of bet a- you it's one of those things where, like, as soon as I see his face, I'm like, Oh, I know yeah. who this MFR is. Let's see, as soon Mexican as you- comedian. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. I have seen this yes. guy, but he's like, when it comes to the golden age of like Mexican cinema, that's he's it, Mario Fortino yeah. Alfonso Moreno yeah. Reyes. Yeah, Mario Moreno. Ah. Yeah, Mario Moreno. With yeah, the five him. names. But like I said, I, I say that. And of, and of course, I'm not, obviously, that's not the only thing she watched, but that was like the bulk of it. Mm-hmm. And and to this day, that's all she really cares and like likes. Like she watches other TV, of course, but like when it, when it comes to like her childhood, that's all she ever references. And she'll watch it to this day. When it's on, she's, she'll watch the Cantinflas. And you know what? Like as far as Chespirito and, and Cantinflas is, is like very pure style like sort of slapstick comedy too that actually also probably influences her uh, as to like why every time like you and your brother sit down and watch a movie she's like just make sure it's not violent honey <laughs> you know i mean those those movies back in the day even though they weren't violent they still had their subject- i mean tom and jerry is violent as hell but it's also like considered Animated. you know so that's why I guess no it's also considered you know like pure innocence you know or, or I, I think know. i think it became that way as time changed because tom and jerry for example was shown in cinemas. Mm. Tom and Jerry was created before TV was even invented. So it was shown at the beginning of... of before Before a feature-length film aired, they would play Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes cartoons at the beginning to get the, to keep the audience like. Oh, so they were like Pixar shorts. Yeah, in a like sense. To yeah. what they are to Disney movies. Exactly. Okay. That's how cartoons worked mm. back in the day. They were catered towards adults for the most part. You know, they weren't like super, super overly... Uh, sexual or, or i mean they were violent but they weren't they kept it at a, in a pretty like tame oh, no, way bro. you see uh <laughs> you see tom lusting after that white kitten no bro. like no i'm not saying like there's certain it's like it's all about the the subliminal right mm-hmm. you you throw in certain te- themes that only adults are going to understand mm-hmm. but you watching that as a kid because as time changed people looked at this cartoon like oh this is just for kids let's let's, let's put on boomerang cartoon network and you know show it to them it's not to your older you're like Oh, uh, because they would be smoking in those cartoons. Mm-hmm. They'd be smoking. Yeah. They would be drinking. But also, like smoking wasn't considered like it wasn't, it wasn't uh, taboo. cancerous and all that stuff until like the seventies. Right? Yeah, it wasn't taboo so, at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Anyway, so that was like your uh, animated did you know section of this podcast. Totally impromptu. Yeah. You're welcome. That's all it was. Yeah. And now, actually, a story that I've been meaning to tell you, Mexicano, because I don't actually remember whether I've told you this already or not. Because you know me, I try to like save most of the juicier stuff. 
for the podcast so I can get like your first hand reaction, right? And you hate that. What Veronica's trying to say is she doesn't talk to me, even though we live under the same roof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Not at all. Like I literally, it's completely silence until these mics. We only pretend to be friends, ladies and right, gentlemen. Exactly. Yeah. No, but okay. So I was going to, I don't think that I've told you. Okay. So first off, like we have been meaning to like, sort of like put a precursor uh, before every interview that we've been doing this month since September to tell people explicitly part of the reason why we were so passionate about like um, interviewing all these movers and shakers in Fort Worth was because of Hispanic Heritage Month, which starts when Mexicano? It started September 15th. Right, right. Okay, so it started September 15th. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to give back to the community and give back with some exposure, some light, some clout, some flowers to all of these people here in the community. So we've been doing that. Uh, but in the midst of all that, uh, your girl still got to live her life. She still got to run her errands. She still got to go to Target. So uh, a couple of days ago, I'm I walk into Target and... I go by the clothes section, which I normally like, I adore because even though I can't buy anything there because it's too expensive most of the time, I like to window shop. And what do I see but a bunch of like billboard poster things with like Happy Hispanic Heritage Month written all over it. But underneath them is like, uh, there's these blue hoodies these teal blue hoodies and all of these different like corals and like clay reds and all of these gorgeous colors that you know I love and I dig. But on one of the shirts in big red letters, it says Ola with an exclamation point. And I just didn't know how to feel about it. I'll be honest with you. And okay, okay. And I've, uh, did I already tell you this? I feel like I've already told you this. Yeah, you, me- you mentioned it a little. Okay, because again, like with me, I feel like they're, okay, let's first establish the elephant in the room. There is much bigger fish to fry. Like, I know that. I know that. But there's just something so completely grating when it just felt, it felt like it was completely and utterly for the purpose of like marketing to make a buck. Well, ironically, did it feel like you were being, no pun intended, that's what I meant to say. Did you feel like you were being targeted in Target? Ah, yes. Yes, actually, I very much did. And, I mean, and that's just what drives me crazy because, uh, like, for a second, I thought, like, this is what, like, black people must have felt like in, like, 2016, 2017, you know, like, when they had that whole, like, just, I mean, to put it simply, like, commercial comeuppance, you know, in, like, the media and everything like that, and everybody just wanted, like, all black everything, and they suddenly, like, being inclusive mattered so much, you know, specifically towards the black community, and then it was, like, um, Asian Americans for a little while, and now, like, you and I talk about this all the time, like, it's really, um, Hispanics right now are being put, and you and I can feel it in the ethos, in the universe, I I mean, at the very least, I can, that, uh, Latin Americans are really being put on a pedestal of sorts, you know, and uh, just brown really matters right now. And there's going to be it's good and it's bad that comes with that. And also it's annoying as fuck. And to me, to see a big blue hoodie with the words, because think about it, who are they trying to get to buy this hoodie? Like, that's just what I'm thinking. Like, would you buy that hoodie for your ma, Mexicano? Mm, probably not but i don't buy her stuff in general so like that's a different topic uh okay. no nah, nah, i'm kidding 
Uh, I don't know. Like, so you said it was red or it was blue? I mean, the color doesn't matter. It's the big, it's the big letters across the chest that says "Hola" with an exclamation point. And that was it. Yeah, just letters. Yeah. No image, no like little. I girl. mean, there's like a rainbow in the background, but yeah. Is there any like a person? No, it's just a rainbow in the background with "Hola" in exclamation point. I don't you know. You know, no, because it would have been like it's to me. It's a equivalent saying of like. Ay, 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 ay. And with, I, I don't know. It's just no, like. I think there's a big difference between I, ay, I, I don't and, know. And I don't know. But why? But uh, this is this is no. what I'm thinking. Who would wear that shirt? I feel like anybody it's would defi- actually wear it. No, it's, it's definitely. To be, because you don't, I, I, I'm, uh, uh, do you understand I'm how. I'm giving you such a fish eye right now. No, no, no. Do you understand? Like, cameras are seeing this, all right? Yeah. You forget that. Uh, uh-huh. No, I don't. <laughs> like, uh, cameras. Uh, God, why am I saying cameras? Um. I think you forget how intertwined Spanish is when it comes to the United States. Like, not, What the hell does that have to do with anything? No, I'm saying like Spanish has existed as far as like within the culture of the United States forever. As far as like people speaking, people being around it, people mm-hmm. knowing what Ola is, right? The, your, your typical white American. Why are you saying it like that? But okay, continue. Your typical white Anglo-Saxon American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hola. And they also know the collective like five curse words in Spanish that they teach each other on the school bus. Yes, continue. Yeah. I feel like it's more targeted towards them, to be honest. Towar- towards white people to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Not Month? Not to ce- the, the say celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month? Yeah. It has like little boards all over it and it says Happy Hispanic Heritage Month. I think well, white people still buy that, to be honest, because they want to, because you know it's trendy, you know, to be uh, inclusive, to want to like support, to be the ally. Uh okay, so fine. So answer me this: How would you feel if you saw like Chet, work, oh, like walking down the street, blonde hair, sandy blue eyes, y todo, with uh, a, a bright blue hoodie that said "Hola" across the chest? I wouldn't think anything of it. It says "Hi." It's "Hola." It's Vettel. weird. I know, but you don't think it's weird? No, it's "Hola." Now, like, if it was more specific, like, something that was, like, very specific or, like, almost something offensive, then obviously I would have, like, you know, things to say. I just think it's corny. Like, that's the best word that I can use. I think it's corny. I think it's cheesy. I think it's weird. And maybe that's because I don't use the phrase corny a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to emote. Because I just think it's corny. It's okay. Like why? Why would? Why does that need to exist? So what because if? Because if everybody already knows the word, like it's like nobody wears a T-shirt saying "hi" on the front. I'm pretty sure there's T-shirts or, that say "hi." No. There's T-shirts. There's a lot of T-shirts out there. There, there are T-shirts no. that say random words all the time. Oh my god! No, now I'm, you're literally. Why are you trying to advocate for the devil right now? I don't understand. No, I'm saying why does the devil need advocacy? Uh, exactly. <laughs> like, um. I, I just think that it's not that I, I can see it being a problem when you're trying to pander, but the shirt within itself. It is. It, it feels very, it feels very. It starts with like, the P. I'm saying like, I think the shirt within itself is whatever. To me, the shirt's not the thing, but the, where the time is being sold at right now, I can understand that. I get that. That part. It's the culmination of all of it. That's what I'm saying. Why would I set up this entire conversation and set up the whole idea that we're doing it in Hispanic Heritage Month if that wasn't part of the whole story? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's say they still have that shirt on sale beyond Mm -hmm. Hispanic Heritage Month. How would Uh you feel about it then? I still think it's weird. But the whole... But the the matter of the fact is, is that, like, I first saw it, like, after September 15th. Okay. And I get that. Like I said, I understand I just that think part. it's corny as fuck. 
And like, if I see you, if you, I see you walking down the street, like you can do whatever the, uh, you can do whatever you want, whatever makes your heart happy. So long as you're not hurting anyone, you already know my philosophy on that. People can do whatever the heck they want. I just think it's corny. Uh, but who the heck cares what I think? Wear, and, wear uh, the shirt as much as you want, folks. Vettel's not going to do anything to you. Exactly. Except give, exactly. Except, except, except you, think you're corny. Except give you the biggest side out of your life. Except think you're corny. I mean, and if you're cool with that, then I'm happy you're happy, bruh. I mean, I guess it's quite like the equivalent of like people who get random like Japanese or Chinese words tattooed on them, like that, yeah. or like, uh, like. Uh, I, I mean, how, I mean, I wonder how Chinese, I wonder how Asian Americans feel about that. Now they don't that I'm get thinking it. Thinking about it, I, I, I've heard a lot of them just understand. Like some of them are fine with it, but they just don't get why. Like, why would you want something like exactly. that? Exactly. Thank you. That's all it is. Thank uh, you. Oh my gosh. And I, I mean, like, and this thing. So see, be, now you've come. Like, now you're on my side. Now you understand. I'm on nobody's side. Uh, I'm just trying to, I because this can be applied to many things, right? Mm. We can have like a, like, like we can have something written in like in like in like Sanskrit and like Hindi, mm-hmm. right? And you might think it's like a cool T-shirt, mm-hmm. but let's say a Hindu actually look at you and be like, "Yo, you don't know anything about that." Exactly. Like, why are you wearing that? Exactly. But you think it's cool. Thank you for coming back around. No, no, yeah. I'm saying you specifically. Like yeah. you think it's cool and you don't think it's offensive, but somebody might take offense to it. So yeah. And and you know what I'm saying like somebody might buy that that oil I share just thinking, oh, this is nice, this is cute. I want to wear it. Uh, I I I I know Spanish pretty well. Uh, I appreciate uh, the only people that I can think of like having a passable like, OK, I can see why they would want to wear it is uh, people like my best friend, Spanish teachers. I'm about to say like Spanish teachers and like old white yeah. women. I why? Say, I no. Say, why, I, why do old white say, women get a pass? No, I'm not saying they get a pass. Not. I'm not saying they get a pass. I'm saying that they would actually wear it. But why? Why would they wear it? Yeah. Why? Because they like tacky stuff like that. Well, it sure as hell is tacky. I'll tell you that. Tacky and corny, bruh. Because to be honest, I don't think people your age are actually buying shirts like that no they're not that's what i'm saying i feel like it's gonna be like somebody who's out of touch and like a lot older who's gonna get a shirt like that so then why are they selling it in the teen section at target i don't know somebody's gonna buy it eventually i'm telling you like bad marketing but like uh, they're all no not even bad marketing that that just where they're selling it at the time they're selling it at and who they're trying to advertise it to like obviously obviously means that they intend for like younger people or even middle-aged people to like be interested enough in this to like want to buy it or else it would be in the old lady section in target yeah possible okay uh so the moral of the story is uh little kids don't be wearing go diego go t-shirts that have spanish written on them or or veronica's gonna uh punch you across the soccer field yeah that's the moral of the story folks so don't wear anything. Don't be tacky. Don't be corny. Don't wear anything with Spanish writing on it around Veronica. Don't just don't wear an Ola t-shirt, please. All right. Specifically Ola. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. And see, and now like we're being sucked in because I feel like now we're saying the word weird. Like I feel like you're saying Ola weird and I feel like I'm saying Ola weird. And like, you know how it's one of those things where you say a word over and mm-hmm. over and over and it just sounds really strange. I'm, I'm so over this. I'm so over this I don't see a problem with the word. I don't see a problem with What are you shirt. talking about? You just literally argued both sides of this thing. No, I inherently don't see anything problem with the shirt or the... So do you have a problem with Asian Americans like having, uh, like thinking that us wearing like uh, Chinese lettering or is strange? That's strange, but like just the word all on a shirt is not going to make me feel any type of way. It's just 
saying hi on a shirt. So do you think it's weird? Uh, what I'm asking, do you think it's weird that Asian Americans feel some sort of way when we get tattoos of their stuff? Yeah, because it's like they're trying to make, because Americans are trying to make uh something meaningful and spiritual out of a symbol that just is water, right? Out of calligraphy that just is water. Ola to me is just that. You can't make anything else out of Ola except hi on a shirt. I don't know. I feel like they're trying to make it into the new howdy. It's Ola, Vero. It's just saying hi. I don't understand. I just don't understand and I'm sticking to it. You guys can be tacky as hell, corny as hell all you want, but I think it's weird. For the people who buy it, just stay away from Vero. That's it. Yeah, just say, I mean, do whatever you want. Do what makes you happy. Just know that I'm going to think what I think. Whatever. <laughs> all right. Okay, so after that rumbuctious uh, takedown of the word hola. Uh, Not the word, just the publication <laughs> of the word on the t-shirt. <laughs> uh, let's move on to a, a, a fan old favorite. Uh, Something that's near and dear to my heart. Something mm-hmm. stuff that keeps me up at night, you know, sweating profusely. This is conspiracy, esquina, corner, somewhere your mom be hanging out of. Whoa. Did I just say that? I did. Because corner. Uh conspiracy corner. Yeah, let me stop. Conspiracy corner. Yeah. We're back. <laughs> Okay. What? No, nothing. Continue. Continue. I'm gonna let, like you, I'm gonna did, let you finish. Did you I'm like gonna that let it? you finish. Did you like that intro? I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> no, that was it. Mm-hmm. All right, conspiracy corner. So, my conspiracy corner for this week is the concept of the brain in a vat. Have you ever heard of this? No, no, I have not. So, brain in a vat. To put it uh, simple, is kind of goes back to this whole thing re- regarding uh, simulation theory. Mm-hmm. That we all live in uh, in the Matrix, essentially. That we mm-hmm. all live in this, like, computer. Everything's being programmed. There's, like, a puppet master behind the scenes. Making sure that making sure that we're, we're in line. That we do as we're told without, you know, it, without us being aware of anything. Um, Is that what the Matrix was about? Fun fact, I've never seen the Matrix. Yeah, it was about you breaking out of the system. About Neo. Neo being the chosen one. I know that there system. was, like, a red pill and a blue pill. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know what that means? Uh, something's like super real and something like everything's already pre-programmed into you, like predestined blue, or the, whatever. If you take the blue pill, you're just c- continue with life as it is and you don't care. Take the red, you're exposed to the truth. Cool. Yeah. Um, and that goes, have you ever heard of like the red pill, blue p- pill thing on, and on yeah, the internet? Yeah, like the, there's, it's like no, so no, no. many people make rap songs about like no, on the inter- and- On the internet. Like, do you know like internet slang when somebody been like, oh, you've been red pill, stuff like that? Mm-mm. Okay, that's that's a topic for a different day. I just want to know if you knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but brain in a vat. So this is kind of like this is a theory that says that take your brain right at the moment that you're born, I guess as a baby, or just take some random brain, put it in a jar essentially, hook the hook the fiber in the main and the membrane up to a computer, and that computer is simulating your whole life. So has anyone actually tried to do this? Uh, no, but that's the point. Like, oh, I'm pretty sure. I think I, I don't know if there's been like experiments. Maybe there has. Maybe there hasn't. I haven't gone that deep into it. But on a very surface level, it's stating that you could have been living your whole life up to this point, thinking that you were completely in control of, of your decisions, uh, what you ate this morning, uh, how you got to work, what route you took. But all that has pretty much just been simulated through this computer who's giving you who's giving your brain instructions. So literally it's just 
So what you're telling me is that this conspiracy is just an idea that someone thought up of that nobody's actually made a study on. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why it's a conspiracy. But no, conspiracies are based off of some sort of, like, skewed logic, but logic nonetheless. You know, it's like the people who don't believe that um, we landed on the moon, but they have all this evidence as to why they, they believe that. Yeah, I mean, there's people that believe this. I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know too much of what the evidence is, but there are people that believe that. Like I said, if, if, I guess if you want a basis, it all goes back to simulation theory. Mm -hmm. This is just kind of like a, another layer of the simulation. This is just kind of like a filter to get to simulation theory. But simulation theory is the catalyst. So if you, okay. go, if, if you research simulation theory, you'll kind of understand a little bit more of like how we're controlling, how we're in computer. But yeah, that's it. So like this conversation right now, if it was true, it's just being fed to us via a computer, right? Bruh, I wish I I wish I had lines fed to me through a computer. I could probably talk a lot more smoothly than I already do. I mean, maybe the computer had a virus in it. Yeah, 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 definitely. My computer most definitely has a virus in it. Yeah, so yes. Oh no, it's a crazy it's a crazy concept to think that, like from your earliest memories what you think is so natural, your feelings, your emotion, you crying has just been uh, information ones and zeros converted from a box into your brain. I mean, that would be a very simplistic way to, like, break down, like, our emotions. Not only that, but just, like, our souls in general. Because that's something that me and my friend were actually talking about the other day. I was trying to figure out, out loud... You know, because there's certain things in this world that science can't explain. Or that right. we don't know that science has the capability to explain yet and one of those is like we can kind of explain emotions you know we know what part of the brain lights up when we feel this or that or mm -hmm. the other but what about like our specific interests you know where uh where do those come from is it a nature versus nurture thing like our soul like is there a like can science explain if there is one and if so like what part of our brain is it stored in like this that and the other yeah. so i mean to believe that we all come, uh, to believe that all of that information is like, um, is all comes from a supercomputer does, is actually pretty much the plot to Cuddly Oka, my favorite childhood show. So yeah, I'll take it, Mexicano. Yeah, I think the fact that you like Cuddly Oka that much is probably a, mal a malfunction in your computer as well. Well, you know, I think that you're wrong about that. It's a great show, you guys. So yeah, if you enjoyed this topic. Uh, make sure to do a little bit more research yourself and just kind of maybe realize Find an that actual study instead yeah. of something that Ricardo randomly found on the Hey, internet. there is no scientific data behind this. I'm uh -huh. just presenting conspiracies as, as they face, are, as they are face value, everything. Mm -hmm. So, yes, yeah, just realize that your brain may be somewhere in the middle of Nevada in a warehouse. And go. none of this, what you're experiencing it's right real. now, you had a, you think you had a daughter for 18 years? Nope, she was never real. All right, Vettel, what we got? I think this may be our uh, final thing, right? Yep. Uh, you know what? You love it. Uh, it's uh, somebody's favorite segment of the show. I don't know. It is Good Looking Out. This is where we go ahead and we hit you with all of the things that we've been into this week. Uh, usually TV show or movie. doesn't necessarily have to be. can be music. can be, you know, a uh, book. can be whatever's clever. Uh, so what do you have for me, Mexicano? So my Good Looking Out for this week is a show that I think premiered maybe two months ago at this point. Uh, and I remember seeing it because one of the main co-stars... you kept this from me, right? So I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't think you know. Um, one of the main stars is somebody I have a big crush on, uh, Cecily Strong. 
What uh, does that sound from uh, Saturday Night Live? I think I know who she is. Let she me was Google in a Triscus it. commercial too. Cecily Strong. Uh, but her along with the uh, the funny uh, Keegan Michael Key. Mm-hmm. You know him from uh, Key and Peele fame from Mad TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, been in this industry for a very long time. They are in a in a new show called Smigadoon. Smigadoon? Smigadoon? How do you pronounce it? <laughs> the, the hell is I know. Say uh, that again? Smigadoon. Uh, yeah, Smigadoon. That's what it is. Yeah, they're in a new show called Smigadoon. And it, the, the premise, without giving too much away, is that they are a couple that I think has been married for like maybe four years mm-hmm. and their relationship is starting to kind of get on the on the rocks yeah, right yeah, yeah they're hitting that um not seven year itch but like four year hard four work. or five year yeah. yeah uh so they decided to go on this like hiking couples retreat kind of mm-hmm. thing middle of the woods they're there for like a couple days is this a show or a movie it's a show okay mm-hmm. it's on a uh, apple uh, tv mm-hmm. uh so they go on this trip uh and i think on the final day there it's a, a crazy, like, uh, storm, it, and they're, like, both walking through the woods. They're lost for hours, and it's, like, raining. It's all, all sorts of terrible, right? And eventually, they come across this, this like, very, like, weird gray cloud. And once they, stu- they step through the gray cloud, they're in, like, this magical, wonderful, colorful, uh, almost, like, Wizard of Oz sense, old-timey-looking town, mm-hmm. right? And everybody immediately starts... Singing, dancing, like this was like a musical. Like a musical? In real life. They think it's some sort of like, like, oh, this is like one of those like reenactment towns, you know, where people just sing at you and like, you know, come at you all the time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they have a song ready and they're going to be in character the whole yeah. time. It's like they, a secret mashup. Right. Like the ones I've always wanted for my birthday. Right. So mm-hmm. they think it's something like that. So they're going along with it. Um, crap. What was the, can you look up the uh, the show right quick? Or just, I can, like, I'm trying to remember the. What know, was it called again? Uh, Schmigadoon. How <laughs> the hell am I supposed to autocorrect? Just type Come in on. Cecily Strong. You'll, you'll find it. Come no, on. Oh, look. It's got an 80% on Rotten. What's the, uh, go to the cast names. Uh, uh, so I know Cecily Strong name, I think, is uh, let's see. Maggie. There's Keegan-Michael Key. What's his name? Aaron Joshua? Tivitt. What's his name? Joshua? Uh, Josh Skinner. Josh Skinner. What's, uh, what's, uh, Dub Cameron. What's Cecily Strong's name? Uh, Melissa Gimble. Melissa. Okay, yeah. So, oh, Kristen Chenowitz on here. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people from SNL on there. Yeah. Uh, so they both they both go along with it. Uh, Josh is a little reluctant because he's like, "Yo, I don't really like this. I don't like musicals. I don't want people singing to me all the time." Mm-hmm. And but you know, but uh, what's her name? Maggie. Melissa. Melissa. Yeah. Melissa is like, no, this is really good. We should like just stay here. Um, and so they go to sleep. Because that's all how all horror movies start. But yes, continue. Yeah. So. Like the the initial introduction, you know, the the whole town folks is like singing to them, and they're like, like I said, a little weirded out, but they're going along with the flow, and they eventually stay at this whole the hotel in the town, and they were supposed to go out that night to go on like a little date, but Josh uh, uh overslept, so she went she uh, left on her own, and she went to like this tunnel of love thing, you know, very uh you know that Hey Arnold scene when they're on the like the Swan. Mm-hmm. And they're like going around the little river at the at the fair or the carnival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, they're, she goes to like there, and there's a guy there who's like the the town bad boy, uh, that the rapscallion. That what they mm-hmm. called him in the very beginning. Is he like leaning up against the wall yeah. in a James Dean up jacket against, against and the, like snapping? He doesn't have a he doesn't have a jacket. Like a sharks and jet <clears throat> sort of moment. He doesn't have sharks. I don't know. He doesn't have a jacket, but he is very much. I guess he's not really that bad. I think the, the town or like the way the people look at him is like the bad boy, but he's really not that bad. But he tries to like woo 
Melissa uh, by singing and dancing. And then you get like this moment where she's like, thank you. And he's like, for what? He's like for the singing and dancing. And she, and he's like, what's singing and dancing? And right there, you kind of get your first clue. Like, okay, what is going on? And then soon after that, they kind of realize like, oh crap, we're in a musical. Mm-hmm. And the twist is they can't leave until they sing and dance of their own. No, until they uh they realize what true love is. Shit. Mm-hmm. Because they're going through this like turmoil, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess and I guess if you start looking a little bit ahead, I guess the reason that they're there is because there's still something wrong in the, in the relationship that hasn't been resolved yet. So until that problem is resolved and they're able to really find love between them again, they're not allowed to leave. Wow, that sounds in, that's that sounds like a show your girl is not ready to watch. So it's really it's really funny, you know. I, I is think it is it funny or is it really going to be one of those things that stabs me in the stake of my heart and like just not let go? Oh, uh, it's it's funny. Like I've only seen it in a couple episodes of War, but it's funny. It's not like it's not too intense where it's like meant to like make you feel like all that bad. But it could get there. I don't know. Mm. It's a very short. How many short, episodes have you seen? Uh, two. It's, it's six episodes. It's very short. Oh, so it's a mini series. Yeah, it's only it's only one season so far, and that's it. Oh, okay, 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 I got you. Yeah, like okay. I said, it's funny. Like I said, I don't think it's meant to like beat you over the head with like trying to find the profound meaning of like what love is mm-hmm. between two people. It's out. It's not that at all. Um, just the premise of like being in a, in a town where every single day, every single if you say a certain word, people might start bur- bursting out in like song, you know, all that stuff right there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I found it entertaining just on the first two episodes I've seen. I'm gonna continue watching it because it is very short. It's only six episodes. How many uh, Gato stars does it get? I give it a solid seven. All right. I give it a seven. Yeah. So, Schmigadoon on Apple TV Plus. Cecily Strong. Really I love the you. Apple TV stuff lately. I love you, Cecily Strong. Uh, if I ever get to meet you, can you please just uh, I don't know, just sign my arm somewhere. I don't know, and I'll tattoo it on myself. All right. Okay. All right. So for my good looking out. Um, you already know what it is. I already told you that what it was going to be. It was going to be, this is something that normally I don't fuck with this genre. I don't give a crap about, uh, reality TV since the days of, uh, rock of love, charm school, flavor of love, you know, the, the OGs, the classics back in, you know, our golden years or golden years. I don't know, back in our prime, mm-hmm. you know, when we were, when we were staying up till 10 PM it, on a Sunday, on, on a Sunday, Most of them were Sundays. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, turning on BH1 after your mom told you to go to bed at 830. But you know you had to go see what the heck New York and Pumpkin are getting into and hoops. Hoops and delicious. Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, I forgot about delicious. Shout out to delicious. Man. I, still, I still follow your IG page. <laughs> of on, course man. you do. Of course Come you do. On. But um, I mean, ever since that era ended, I never really got into reality TV like that again. Um, up until this point, um, Issa Rae. Um, and that's the only reason you're watching this. No, no, it's not. It's that's what I was about to say. Okay, (laughs) that's what I was about to say before you go ahead and interrupt me. Is that Issa Rae? We know her, we love her, we almost stand, but don't exactly stand for her on this show. She stands. 
No, we don't. Okay, she went ahead and she wanted to create a reality TV show. And this is the premise is an honest and unique look into what it means to be young, black and in constant pursuit of one's dream in the heart of South LA. So it's just basically like these uh, black 20 somethings, you know, like all entrepreneurs of some sorts. Uh, you have uh, Jordan from Hypeland, if you guys are into like his clothing and stuff on Instagram and all over the internet, he's, um, it's just basically a group of friends, you know, and all of their ups and downs and their drama and their, you know, uh, dating. You guys already know what the deal is. Reality TV don't have a plot. Why are we even playing? But I think it's fantastic. I think, okay, so maybe fantastic is a word, is a weird word to use. I thoroughly enjoyed myself watching this show. It's on HBO Max. And the reason why it's refreshing is, I'll be completely honest, like, it actually made me stop and, and I didn't even tell you, tell you this, Ricardo, it actually made me stop and look at myself a certain way and actually check myself in the way that I see opulence and decadence when it comes to us minorities uh, and even uh, like uh, like black people, especially, you know how because there were certain times where like I would see like and, you know, you already know how reality TV works It's like all of these group of friends, you know, they're like, oh, like insert plot line here. We're all going to go to the I don't know what's some big vacation that they took um oh they went to cabo yeah yeah cabo yeah San Lucas, I think, in yeah Mexico. they they went to like cabo right and they like had everything just the red carpet lined out for them champagne bushes like these big giant mansions like with like all these towering water fountains like no like all the drip all the food everything that you could possibly imagine it was supremely extravagant and i and i found myself thinking wow, this is a little bit much. Like, mm -hmm. like, how are they able to afford this? They're like, just like 20 somethings. Like, how the heck do they even have this money? Like, uh, I'm, I guess the, pro like the producers really shelled it out for this show, like this, that, and the other. And I caught myself thinking that, and I'm like, wait, how is this any different than like Bachelor in Paradise or whatever the hell or any other show where like <clears throat> they take them to Tahiti yeah. and all of that stuff and you see a bunch of like 20 or 30s something typically white people, you know, getting to do all of these big extravagant stuff. And I think that in it just made me stop and evaluate myself. It's like I looked at this funny or I thought this this like just caught me by surprise because I'm not used to us people of minority, like all in one room, literally, you know, something that I took, uh, it's like when two of the girls were like having a heart to heart, you know, while getting their massage, uh, while getting like a full body massage, yeah, yeah, yeah. that they were getting massaged by white people. And I know that it's not, it's just, no, they were Mexican. No, they, they were, were Mexico. No, but this wasn't the one where they were in Mexico. This was like another one. Okay, yeah, I'm about to say, because the one in Mexico, there were definitely Mexican ladies. No, 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 it was, it was like, uh, it was another, because, you know, they took like three out of like three really fancy, uh, Palm Springs, I okay. think it was Palm, Palm Springs, Springs yeah, yeah. yeah, when they went to Palm Springs, is that they were, they were getting massaged by like white people, right? And it's, and it's something so subtle, and that's the thing that Issa Rae does so well, is that like, she has little ways of like driving home a point, or driving home just different perspectives without shoving it in your face, and just being like, huh. That's just an interesting touch that didn't really need to be said, but it's just like she doesn't bother getting up on a high horse to say how things should be. She just makes them what they are. And um, and I just think that this was a very, very like entertaining, 
full of drama, full of scandal, all of that delicious heat that people love in your classic reality TV show. Like you already know, uh, what was the finale called? The, um, uh, the group I, chat or whatever yeah, you was, know that basically was a, that was the, a post reunion special yeah 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 basically the reunion special where everybody comes in and like hashes all their shit out and you know you have like the one troublemaker in miami that comes in and you know like makes everything you know uh, even more dramatic and all of that bullshit anyway it was full of bullshit it was full of drama it was and i loved every second of it because that's completely unlike me but i was thoroughly entertained and uh good job isa i cannot wait for season two so that's my um oh yeah give it a solid like for its genre solid eight out of ten is there supposed to be a season two i don't know but i hope so i'd watch that shit i mean they kind of left the whole like brie and jordan storyline up in the air a little bit so like maybe there's a spinoff on that or something maybe yeah they could do spinoffs yeah who knows i mean that's reality tv man spinoff mm-hmm. after spinoff i i enjoyed it uh i was entertained i would say that i was thoroughly entertained i think w- as far as like the genre goes and what it did, I don't think it did anything special. Uh, to be honest, I don't think it did anything unique. Uh, but that's the whole point is that it that was the whole point. It was so special because they didn't do anything unique. It's because they literally treated it like the equivalent of everything else as it yeah, should be. Exactly, and that's how I could ju- and that's the only way I know how to judge it. Yeah, I, I can't really judge it any other way. Whether it be your traditional uh, white cast, your your more uh, minority cast, we're here with like you know all black. Like I just because I still then look- you know in like other reality shows they have the white cast but then they have like you know like the token you know like a uh, black girl that you know gets thrown off from the Bachelor like seven right. episodes in just to make sure that they don't look racist right and we've seen predominantly black cast for a long time when it comes to TV uh, reality TV shows whether it be your basketball wives your loving hip hop that's all black yeah uh, but this is different yeah yeah because this is this is yeah because that's it, this is different in the sense where obviously it's not like the celebrity it's not like about the music industry it's not about the basket, sports industry basketball wives this is like just young people really trying to make it and some of them are very successful but they know they still have a long way to go mm-hmm. that's, and that's what i like i like seeing that hey these are these are some people that are like you know they're just like one they're of them, pr agents they're real estate agents some of them just like a nurse some of them just like uh, uh, well like the one yeah, yeah some of them like nurse and like that's why i love her storyline so much is because brie in and of herself she's a nurse but she wants to you know get out and start doing her own thing and she doesn't know where to start and she's kind of no, lost Bri- and she Brie wasn't a nurse uh yeah, that, was. that was a that was a well Bri- then what was Brie? she's Bri- like Brie was unemployed she wasn't doing anything no the, the, she was doing something the one was a nurse was the other one the, the one that was messing with pj uh what's her that name that was Brie in the very beginning it was Brie and pj god what was what was her name that was Brie and pj bruh what is her name what why am i on a blank right now not not amanda not uh the one that like had the fallen out with PJ on the boat. What was her name? See, I don't know because once you forget, up, I start forgetting. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. But she's the one that was a nurse. No, that's not true. Because remember, uh, that's not true because you don't remember like Bree and PJ. Were I know they were. Yeah, because she was making together. fun of because she was making fun of his car and all that. Exactly, but, and then they rode to like this one place, I guess, for like Bree to get her nails done, and they were kind of flirting. Remember, because that was the beginning plot. No, they went to go get weed. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what, what was her name again? I don't know. Hey, look it up. Look it up. Um, God, what? Uh, uh, it's not coming up. She's like, like, literally the, she's like, like the one that I thought was like the most prettiest. Uh, I know who you're talking about because she was like... Um, oh, Rebecca. Th- Rebecca. Becky. Becky. Yeah, yeah. I think she was the one that was a nurse. I think. I think that you're wrong. 
Because remember, I could that, be. that was, I could I'm be. telling you, like, you just spent this whole two minutes. I'm telling you that Brie was like the nurse practitioner or something like that because she felt guilty that all of her other friends had, uh, like, just all entrepreneur business. She's like, oh, I have to get on my own shit. Like, I have to have some sort of side hustle instead of just having a regular job. Okay, you're probably right. Because I, I, for some reason, I thought Brie was unemployed and she felt. But that's why she had that whole breakdown, remember? Because she felt bad. She, that she wasn't was like, unemployed. She just had a uh, nine to five and she felt like she needed to do something more than that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. This, uh, it's well, a great show. I oh, like it. Yeah. Well, uh, what was, I was going to finish my point. <laughs> you totally forgot no, that no, we were even no, doing no, a podcast. No, I, I was going to finish my point. Uh-huh. That uh, I think it was a cool show as far as like the characters and it being entertaining. But. But beyond that, like I said, it's not really anything new or special uh, in my eyes. I mean, uh, that was that's the whole again. Like to me, that's the whole point is that she wanted to make it so. Uh, she wanted to make it so different, so not different in its in the fact that it was different. Like she she wanted to like, she wanted to bring it in with a sense of normalcy. Like yeah, like this is just your regular ass, uh, reality TV show. But you know, um. With, like, young up-and-starting, you know, like, uh, black 20-somethings that are just trying to do their own thing. Yeah. And it's and the reason why it doesn't come off, like, new or revolutionary or anything like that, because she's not, like, standing on top of any soapbox trying to beat somebody, uh, somebody's, uh, uh, somebody over the head with, like, some sort of message about, like, diversity or, inclu- or inclusivity 24-7. Which, I mean, is all good. Like, we're not going to get into that. Like, you can have that, but you can also have your shows where they already portrayed as normal because that's the way that it should be. Right, right, right. And that's why it's not, it's so special in it's not specialness. Does that yeah, make sense? Uh, yeah, in a way. But like I said, I can only judge it off of what it is. And to that's, me, that, that to me is what it is. And to me, it's not, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not special. So I have to give it a, I would I would give it a. Nobody asked you what you gave it. It's my good looking out. I would give it a five. Nobody. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm completely disheartened, folks. So that's gonna be the end of our show. This has been ILS. Uh, this has been Vero Fuerte and Ricardo Mexicano, and we're out. Yep. Yep. My hope is that you see how Spanglish has closed the gap and formed a synergistic approach for communication. Thank you.